The Jazz selected Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, and Bryce Sensible. How did the Jazz do? Who are these guys, and what can you expect from them? Find out next on Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Jazz, a reaction to the NBA draft, draft day, draft night edition of Locked On Jazz. My name's Leif Tulin. You guys know me now. I'm honored, as always, to fill in for David Locke, especially on a draft day edition where I get to break down the prospect my favorite team picked. I'll give you an analytical perspective of a credentialed draft analyst, someone who loves college basketball, tell you what you're getting in these players and my thoughts on what they can contribute to the Jazz. And don't don't think all the stats are usual. The geeky numbers are going to be gone because I also do statistics for the Utah Jazz. And the Jazz have hit a critical juncture in franchise history. They picked three picks today, and all three of them, uh, I think, are very good and uh, capable of contributing depending how the future goes for the Utah Jazz. And this offseason is not close to finish as the free agency is on the horizon. All right, thanks for making Locked On Jazz your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Jazz is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Jazz, where the best way to help us grow is comment anything below. And today's question is, what grade do you give the Jazz draft? And just give me all your thoughts about who we picked, how much you watched them, any questions you got. Also interact with me on that YouTube and on Twitter. My Twitter's at Leaf2Lean. The title sponsor for today's show, thank you to them. It's game time where you can get great tickets anytime. All right, what's on the show today? Of course, we're going to break down the draft. First segment, we'll break down Taylor Hendricks. And who else was there? What was the appeal for the Jazz to take him? What do you? What do I think the thought process was with when the board fell and why we took Taylor Hendricks and what he's good at? Keontae George in the second segment. What's, what's to like? What's there to know? What was the thought process behind taking him? And lastly, Bryce Sensabaugh falls to 28. And what exactly are the Jazz getting in him? All righty. So let's let's dive right into this. The Jazz selected Taylor Hendricks ninth, and and that was an interesting pick because I, last time I spoke to you, Andy Larson said this was his favorite prospect. He was someone that I had ninth on my big board, so right around this tier. A lot of people said it was a nine man draft. A lot of people had Taylor Hendricks going seventh to Indiana. They ended up trading, and Koulibaly is picked by the Wizards at seven. The Pacers moved back a spot, and Jarris Walker's guy. Jarris Walker was the guy that I wanted desperately for the Jazz. So. Even though I liked Hendricks as the ninth best player, I almost felt disappointed when he was drafted. But you look at what he is and where he's ranked, I think that was a good draft. The other thing is, I just want to say this from the top, the Jazz drafted three players that I had at the exact same spot in Hendricks. Keontae George was three spots higher on my big board than where the Jazz got him. And Bryce Sensabaugh was six spots higher on my big board than where the Jazz got him. That's that, that, to me, that's a good draft. And also, all these guys are freshmen. So let's talk about Taylor Hendricks. I gave you a bit of a scouting report. I'm going to reiterate it for, for those that didn't listen every day, every day or bear with me. Thank you for tuning in again on a draft day reaction show. Taylor Hendricks, six, eight and a quarter without shoes. Probably plays about six, nine and a half uh, with shoes. 214 pounds, seven foot and, and a quarter inch wingspan, 19 and a half years old. Freshman from UCF, 15 points a game, seven rebounds a game. 1.4 assists per game, 1.7 blocks per game, almost a steal a game. That's 0.9. 48% from the field, 39% from three, and 78% and change from the free throw line. Really good numbers. That's a freshman. Like the Jazz selected three freshmen that all score over 15 points a game. 
So what are you they getting in their top pick, Taylor Hendricks? What's the appeal? Let's give you the overview. This is this is I'm reading verbatim from my scouting report on him. Taylor Hendricks is the surprise riser of this year's cycle. He perfectly illustrates what NBA teams covet in the modern era. He is big, nimble, shoots very well, and can play with anyone on offense and on defense. He'll protect the rim and be competent in switches against the guards. Hendricks projects as an elite role player at a role that each team desires. He projects to be selected anywhere from 7th through 12th. And sounds good. And I and mind you, this was written a long time ago. And plenty of teams in that range would have him be a plug-and-play contributor instantly. Hendricks is a floor-spacing for floor spacing plus athlete who obviously presents himself as a high floor guy with an untapped ceiling. It's pretty good. All right. What are his strengths? Uh, I, I listed that he's a very big, very good shooter. Uh, you rarely get someone this big, this athletic that can shoot the way he does. Like typically there's a flaw with, with uh, a player that big, that, that athletic. Um, and that's typically shooting or they shoot well. And if they're this big, they're not athletic. He's got vertical pop as demonstrated on dunks and blocks, fluid mover with and without the ball, especially defensively, 39% from three and 38% on all jumpers, 41% on catch and shoot opportunities. That's really, really good, especially from the pick and pop forward, who's the best player on his team and was second team all conference as a freshman. Uh, modern NBA game suits him to a T. It really does. Like what, what's the most coveted thing? Size, shooting, and defensive versatility, all three, check marks. Uh, runs the court well, makes himself a transition threat. Very good secondary rim protector. The Jazz have some some length. Like Walker Kessler, great rim protector. Lowry Markin is now playing the three at seven feet tall. And, and Kessler, Hendricks, and Markin. Okay, that's some impressive defensive versatility on the front court. 1.7 blocks per game. Can pop or roll to the rack. I think he'll be more of a pop threat at the NBA. And he's 95th percentile in transition, labeled as excellent by synergy. That typically speaks to athleticism. I saw a tweet from an evaluator, and I, I, they may have been trying to hype up Hendricks, and it said the Thompson twins are the most athletic guys in whatever room they walk into until they're in the room with Taylor Hendricks. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. If I, if you ask me honestly, I'd say that the, the Thompsons are probably better athletes than Hendricks. But that just speaks to the coordination, fluidity, and athleticism of Taylor Hendricks. All right, what are his weaknesses? I mean, that's a good question. It's a good one to ask. So his weakness is certainly needs to add some strength to play an NBA four. He must refine his natural tools and get better with the ball to, to elevate his ceiling. Must improve as a finisher, especially against higher level competition. Only finish 44% at the rim on non-dunks. That's not very good, but he is young. He can add some strength and that easily goes up. We'll need to become more comfortable with the ball and attack in space and attack closeouts. I list. I wrote something about for Hendricks. I did this for all my top ten guys on my big board. I, wrote, I talked about swing skills. Hendricks is a sweet shooting, bigger wing with a two way upside. So what makes him hit as a draft prospect? I'd say for Hendricks to be a top five player in this class, which would be hitting big, Hendricks will need to become a better dribbler and creator when attacking closeouts, diversifying his offensive repertoire. Defensively, Hendricks should be able to be a rim protector as a secondary rim protector, but his defensive upside relies on how well he switches onto guards because if he can do that well. He'll be one of the premier 3 and D players in the NBA. Jabari Smith Jr. is the guy that I listed as a comparison. Andy Larson talks about how he reminds him a little bit of Jaron Jackson Jr. That's the reigning defensive player of the year. I think that's a little rich, and Andy said as much. He said, okay, I mean, that's like the high hopes one. But Jabari Smith was supposed to be the number one pick last year, and you're getting a guy who has a, a lot of comparables. Uh, let's talk about Hendricks' fit. We, we, we briefly discussed that. Uh, Lowry Marketing. 
big wing, very versatile. Walker Kessler, phenomenal athlete, runs like a deer, protects the rim. Hendricks will space, make it easier. Like you were worried about taking a power forward with like redundancy. That may have disincentivized like later in the draft, not going for like Leonard Miller or Noah Clowney. Two guys I think are really good and will outperform where they're drafted, but it may not be a great fit for the Jazz. Hendricks fits like a glove. Hendricks, I my concern for him is there's a lack of upside. And I actually thought that might be a reason that the Jazz wouldn't take him. I wondered if they would think, you know what, we're a small market team. And we need to draft organically. And do we think there's a star here? Like, should Koulibaly have been there? Would he have been the pick if both of them were there? Because they think there's a larger percent chance that he would have been the pick. So would Cam Whitmore have been that that guy uh, if there weren't health concerns? I mean, the Jazz passed on him twice. A guy that I, on my big board, I had number five. I could very well be wrong. But in terms of athleticism and potential to score the basketball and, and be a star, I think Cam Whitmore had more of a chance. That said, Hendricks... Fits like a T. I think he's got the highest uh, floor of a lot of these guys. I think Jarris Walker would have been a guy that I think the Jazz sprint to the podium to get. I think that would have been infatuated because he's a phenomenal defender and offensively he's better than people give him credit for. Hendricks is never going to be the ball in hand star, I don't think. But for him to hit, he doesn't need to be. He needs to be a a three and D wing that like he could be Robert Robert Covington, but a better shooter. And be that good a defender. Maybe he can be similar to like of the ilk of Jaden McDaniels, but he's already a better shooter. Maybe not quite the defender of those two, but a little bit different as he's bigger. He can be a secondary rim protector. Maybe he can play uh, some second unit minutes as the five as the rim protector. He he's he can play the three through five, I think, in the way that the Jazz play, and he can play first unit and second unit. So what should we expect? Like uh, down the road, what do I expect from him? I think he's got a chance to be a a longtime NBA starter that has the potential to score upper teens, maybe can get to 20 points a game at some point in his career uh, and be a good defender. I don't see the Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't quite see Jaden McDaniels, but I think he can follow the path laid by Jabari Smith Jr. Be switchable, be a secondary rim protector, knock down threes, and be a phenomenal role player. And that would be a win. Uh, what do I expect early on in his career? I, I'm not certain. It depends if the Jazz keep Kelly Olenek. Uh, maybe he could learn from Olenek. I could see him starting if Olenek isn't on the roster and he gets thrust into the fire and there could be some growing pains. And I wouldn't be terribly opposed to that. I think Olenek would be a good mentor as a stretch four. But, uh, but you know, that's, that's interesting. Taylor Hendricks, like, what do you guys think? Hendricks, to me... Uh, has a has a chance to contribute early and often as someone who plays rotation minutes and plays similar minutes to like Jared Vanderbilt played, except he's a better shooter, so he's more conducive to playing with Kessler. And he's got the ability to be every bit as good a defender as Vanderbilt was. He may not be known as the hustle guy, but, but I think part of the reason Vanderbilt's known as this hustle defensive guy is because he was limited uh, offensively. And I think uh, there's a more well-refined game for Taylor Hendricks. He may not be the sexiest pick, the most star upside, but I think a really high character, high fit guy, someone that with with an early ability to play and someone who will grow for the Utah Jazz. Coming up next, I'll break down the game of newest Jazz guard or, or one of the newest Jazz guards, because there's another one if you count, Bryce Sensible, but Keontae George. I'll talk about his game, what the Jazz will be getting from the guard from Baylor. But first, a message from Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs. And ever since I got my pair, I've, I've said this a couple times to you guys, 
I, I came back from the NBA combine and there was this strange box sitting on my bed. And I was like, I wonder what in the world this is. Got two pairs of bird dogs, one, one pair of athletic shorts, one pair of uh, kind of nicer, fancier. I, I describe it as like lawn party attire shorts. And they're both phenomenal. I go golf in, the, in them. I've golfed in both my fancy ones and my athletic ones. I've played tennis in my athletic ones. And wherever I've gone, I've gotten compliments, even for my little brother. And if those of you who have little brothers, you know, they're, they're on, they're brutally honest. So he, when he said those, Hey, those are new. I like them. Where'd you get them? I gave him a glowing review of bird dogs. And the simplest way to put it is they make you look good, that you feel good. They're comfortable. They come with a liner. You can wear underwear or not. And, and they feel the exact same bird dogs, phenomenal shorts, highly, highly recommend. And also you'll get a free tumbler. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's bird dog slash locked on for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Murdoch Hyundai. That's the other thing I want to tell you about. You can wear your bird dogs in the Murdoch Hyundai. Murdochs have been in Utah for over 80 years. Hyundai is the best car for your money. Safety features, bells, whistles, all in amazing cars, all at amazing prices. The SUV lineup is unparalleled. From the Kona to the Tucson, to the Santa Fe, to the Palisade. The Ionic 5 was just named the electric Motor Trend SUV of the year by Motor Trend, and the Ionic 6 even better. It's amazing. It's electric and looks like a Porsche. Just one World Cup car of the year. World car of the year. Uh, I'm not the biggest car guy, but uh, we're thinking about getting a Hyundai, and I'm very excited, and I'm, I'm hopeful that I, I'm going to be the recipient. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out, but Hondas are certainly on the market. There are three locations in Utah, and all of them are phenomenal. Uh, three locations in Linden, Murray, and Logan. Go to your nearest one and get yourself a Murdoch Hyundai. Welcome back into Locked on Jazz. I'm Leaf Tulane, and the Jazz had a good draft. And here is a key factor in the good draft. Can it be good? Can it be great? Who holds the keys? I think Keontae George might be the answer to that, who I had once as high as six pre-entering the season. I was very, very high as Keontae George. I ended up with him at, uh, let's see what I ended up with him at. I moved my big board up this morning, and I ended up with Keontae George at 13, three spots higher than where he was picked by the Jazz at 16. Sounds like a steal to me. I know the Jazz liked him. Uh, So here's his scouting report. Let's let's talk about Keontae George. His scouting report. 6'4", 200 pounds from Baylor, 19.6 years old. He was a freshman. He scored 15 points, 15.3 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game, 2.8 assists per game, 1.1 steal per game, 38% from the field, 34% from three, 79% from the free throw. So what you're getting right now is that the Jazz so far have two 15-plus points per game, all-conference level players that were freshmen pretty good like his productivity it's not all potential there's there's productivity to, to boot here uh Keontae george here's my overview i wrote about him Keontae george has one of the more intriguing skill sets in this draft class but failed to play up to the expectations while at baylor i think that's because he had really high ones george had played at the u23 global games for a depleted baylor roster lacking adam flagler and lj crier baylor's two stalwart guards who preceded uh george in, in entering the the school at waco in that time, and this, this is paraphrasing, but now I'll get back to it. Uh, he played and scored 32 and 37 points against Italy and Canada, Canada, respectively, setting himself up to be a top seven pick. But he struggled with shooting consistency as a freshman at Baylor. George sprained his ankle and really struggled to move on that following, and that played, and he played at a weight that he said was not right for him. 
that part I think really did matter. His shooting splits drastically suffered. So if you look at the uh, the splits before his ankle injury, I think there was eight nine games after the ankle injury, those shooting splits suffer and his defensive ability suffer. But he was out there, he's gotten it out. That said, George can score in a plethora of ways with an advanced creation game stemming from an expansive repertoire and an insatiable desire to score. He loves to get his shot off, but he's learning to play point guard. George was one of the winners of the pro days and the combine as he shot the light out. He, he shot the best of anyone I saw at, at any pro day, and I went to just about everyone. Uh, he, dem- he showed a demonstrated focus on playing point guard, which would raise his ceiling, giving him a plus size at his position, and he couples that with the scoring knack uh, with some passing flashes he showed as a two-guard at Baylor. There's potential there. The question is, can he run an offense and still score? In that sense, he reminds me of Jamal Murray, who is who I compared him to, when he was coming out of high school as a taller shot-making guard who relies more on shooting than athleticism to score and can play and he can play make, but is not a natural point guard. Okay. Like that's a pretty in-depth analysis that I would say I wrote that and I've shared it with a couple people and, and they said they like it. Uh, I talked to Richard Stabman, I locked on NBA big board a lot about him as he was there. I was like, I saw him in Denver, wasn't thrilled with what he did in Denver. Like he, he didn't play well against Creighton or against UC Santa Barbara, but He's got a lot of talent. He's got the ability to to score the basketball, and he made a concerted effort to be a point guard. He played almost the three at Baylor because L.J. Cryer and, and Adam Flagler are small. Flagler played the point guard, and they promised him as a senior coming back he'd get the point guard reps. Deontay George, I think, wanted to play the point guard and show what he could do. I think he is similar to Jamal Murray in the sense that he has an ability to score and shoot the ball exceptionally well from multiple places. He's just not the natural creator. I think he's someone who has the capacity to be a decent creator. He just needs someone else to help him be a facilitator. Here are his strengths I listed. Scores as if it's second nature. Potential to be a microwave score. Picturesque form. Scores from three in mid-range and can drive, but that's behind the other two levels. I think he's better on the jump shooting than he is as a finisher. Scores. Uh, he draws foul, which is what good scores do. I, I've mentioned this. I, it's a little nitpicky of, my, of me. Sometimes I penalize people like Bufkin and Hood Shafino, a couple guys the Jazz would have been interested in. Uh, they don't score uh, at the free throw line. They shot 2.6 and 2.4 free throws per game, respectively. Keontae George gets there more and had the ball less. He shows promising signs of playmaking and good vision. Tight handle but did not, does not use it to go downhill as much as he does to create space for a jump shot. He does have a hesitation move, which is a big plus for a player of his ilk, someone who relies on patience and guile sometimes. Has the size to play the two and if the one does not happen and it looks like he's trying to be the one. And he's tried, got plus size at the one. And then the last plus is he grabs rebounds. What are the weaknesses? He's got a negative assist to turnover, narrowly. It's 95, 95 turnovers to 91 assists. Like I said, he played the three almost. So it, it's, it's not like he was handling a ton because if you guys are doing the math, that's not a ton of assists or turnovers for that matter. Is a tough shot taker and sometimes, sometimes maker, but makes it too difficult at times. Can force. Only an okay rim finisher shooting 52% from rim finishes. Not not super positive on the athleticism front there. He can be bumped away from the rim, so make shots harder. He, he takes like tough ones when he's near the rim and gets bumped. For how pure his shot looks, his shooting numbers are pedestrian. But like I said, I saw him absolutely splashing the ball. Best shooter at the combine that I saw. Uh, can pout on the court at times. I think he was hurt by the end of the season, and I saw him in person, and they were losing to Creighton, and I felt like he made little impact, and that was my one of my bigger negatives. And late in the season, he didn't make the most positive impact, but I think a large explanation was an ankle injury. Swing skills. Should Keontae George really hit in the NBA? 
uh, I believe it will be as a scoring point guard who learns to run an offense as a primary ball handler, as some uh, someone in the ilk of Jamal Murray, and he keeps his scoring chops. Uh, I mentioned Jamal Murray as someone in whom he should aspire to follow the career path of. Now, George has a scoring capacity to follow Murray, but Murray does play play second fiddle, the best passing big man in the game. And George may need to find a similar fortune, as I do not see him eclipsing six assists per game without serious market improvement passing the ball. I believe teams will need to be patient with George to cultivate the passing flashes he demonstrates. And if they are, you could be looking at a steal 10 through 15 in the draft. Jazz got him at 16, even even more so. Who scores 19 points every year and adds five rebounds and four assists. I think that could be his prime very easily. Okay, last couple questions about George. What can the Jazz expect early and down the road? I just mentioned what I think they could expect down the road. Should he develop into a point guard? Should they find someone else as a, a complementary facilitator? Early on, this is dependent on how much playing time he gets. Maybe he goes to the G League. Maybe he develops. Maybe he's able to play right away. I think this all depends on what the Jazz do with Colin Sexton. Uh, is he on the trade market? Is Jordan Clarkson coming back? Does does the fact that they took Sensible after Keontae George mean like maybe they want someone to be the the professor and, and sex, uh, George and Sensible the the proteges of someone who's a scoring guard like like Jordan Clarkson? Is he gone in free agency and now that opens up the pathway for Agbaji, Sexton, Tht, George, and Sensible? And that's the next question. Does THT Sexton, does someone get moved? Because that's a lot of guards to, to prioritize. The Jazz also have a top 10 pick next year uh, if they retain a top 10 pick. Like it's top 10 protected, but they wouldn't have a pick otherwise. It goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the Jazz would like a top 10 pick in what's a pretty weak draft. Well, maybe they go prioritize the youth, youth movement. That, that I think is important. Keontae George, uh, I, I think... Early in the career, I think you may see some inefficiency. I think you may see him more off the ball. I think you'll see him trying to learn the point guard. You could even see him playing the G League. If he gets enough minutes, I think he will be able to score. It's like when Jaden Hardy for the Mavericks started to get time, and people were like, wow, this guy could be a steal. For the record, I had Jaden Hardy number 10 last year in the draft, and I, and I thought he was awesome. And I think Keonta George is the most similar player to Jaden Hardy in this sense. He will get on-ball reps. And Jazz fans might remember Jaden Hardy torched the Jazz. He's able to score, able to find space, and someone whose whose efficiency was marred by by taking difficult shots, but he has the capacity to make them. That's a really big belief factor. My biggest question for Count to George: Is he going to be an NBA level defender at the one? Only is he an NBA level defender at the two? I think he can be. I think he might be better at guarding the two because he's kind of a, like a sneakily strong body, a frame. And then I think shooting wise, he's going to knock the he's going to shoot the cover off the ball and catch and shoots. Uh, I think off the dribble, he's got the capacity to be really good, but the Jazz may have to be patient with him. You know, that's that's promising. Like I said, we're two for two Jazz taking guys with high upside. And then the last thing I, I want I want to bring up, we talked a long time about complementary skill sets, uh, picking between between different positions. So I, I said the the primary guy that the Jazz might want to pick should they take Hendricks would be Jalen Huchifino, someone who's able to run pick and roll and create for himself uh, operating from pick and roll in an NBA-style offense. I think Keontae George might even be a better isolation player than Jalen Huchifino in terms of what he's going to be able to do at the NBA level. He just has less experience running pick and roll. So that is complementary. Both shoot it well. Both uh, fit the size thing. And then the other thing is my whole goal for the Jazz was 
you know where the strengths are in this draft. If the Jazz can get a wing at nine and, and a guard at 16 that they think has the same value uh, as, as a guard that they could take it at nine, then I'm thrilled. I don't think it's impossible the Jazz wouldn't have taken Keontae George or Kobe Bufkin at nine, it, but they felt like there was a chance they'd be there at later because that's where the strength of the draft was. Guards, like Kaysen Wallace went 10. Like when Koulibaly went up, that moved another wing down and all the guards stayed there. Kaysen Wallace went higher than expected, went went 10th, and then Lively went 12th. That that was irrelevant to the Jazz. The Jazz weren't going to take him. So now you had Bufkin 15. You had J- Keontae George. Nick Smith Jr. fell significantly. Jalen Huchifino went 17th. It, it's interesting, uh, but I think this was a concerted effort to prioritize both positions and get better all around the board, getting taller and becoming better shooters. So in the last segment, we'll break down the game of Bryce Sensabaugh, who's a shooter. But first, a word from game time. Game time. Buying tickets to your favorite sport, uh, favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is fast and an easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater near you. If you're like me and love sports, it can be stressful to put together plans with, with friends. I went to March Madness, and I've shared this story before. It became a little bit frustrating trying to set it up, go to different events, different venues, and and find the seat. Sometimes I, I it would have saved me quite a hassle of doing it all at once versus buying three different tickets three different times. Uh, Game Time provides an easy-to-find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and uh and more, which whatever you want. It's a lifesaver. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create code and create an account and redeem code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let me tell you about prize picks as well. Prize picks is something I've used before and I highly recommend. How does it work? Pick two to six players, and if they will score more or less than their prize pick projection. I've done it in so many different sports. I've even done it on tennis. I, I've told you guys, I'm a big tennis guy. But uh, but they've got it tennis. They've got it in all the mainstream sports as well. You can win up to 25 times your money with on, on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Prize Picks offers projections and any sport that you watch. I, I like I mentioned, it's got tennis, it's got anything you could possibly imagine. Download Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a hundred a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit one hundred dollars, Prize Picks will give you one hundred dollars back. If you deposit fifty, you'll get fifty back. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On. At this at sign up for an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Welcome back to Locked On Jazz. I'm still Leaf Tulane. I'm still with you on a late night edition of Locked On Jazz. You'll be hearing this in the morning, but this is reacting to the draft that was. And I did four plus hours of coverage with Nick Engstadt of Locked On Mavs for Locked On NBA on the draft. Like it, it was fun. Little, little tired, but burning the midnight oil, as they say. But I'm excited. The Jazz came away victorious in my mind. Bryce Sensabaugh, final pick. I, I mentioned uh, the Jazz were equal, or or they took a guy that was higher on my big board than where they took him. I, I would say that's a win. I'm biased, but I'm curious to see what you guys think. Let's talk about Bryce Sensabaugh, though. Six foot six, 235 pounds, 19.6 years old, freshman from Ohio State. 
Uh, they were bad, but he was able to put up numbers at an efficient rate. 16.3 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, 1.2 assists per game, uh, 0.4 blocks, 0.4 steals, 48% from the field, 40.5% from three. Really good shooter. And, th- and he was he was the, the guy for that team. So it wasn't like it was, you know, random little volume shooting. He, he did it. He's a shooter, certifiable shooter, but he's also got mortars given that. 83% from the free throw line. Here's the overview. Rice Sensabaugh put together a wildly impressive statistical season for a freshman, but his injuries, body type, and defensive efforts put a fear into eyes of evaluators. Sensabaugh plays bully ball and shoots very well from all three levels. He reminds me a bit of his predecessor at Ohio State and Malachi Branham, who actually had a really good rookie year for the Spurs. Like that, that's someone that the Jazz, uh, you know, could have been interested in uh, had they had a pick last year in the tail end of the draft based on where their, their season would have indicated. Uh, and maybe a bit of T.J. Warren, someone who scored 25 a game at NC State and has had big outing. Remember Bubble Warren, how good T.J. Warren was? Uh, he's also – both those guys are also tweeners with concerns about how his game would adapt. Well, Sensabaugh is a better three-point shooter than either of them. Sensabaugh gets where he wants in the court, relying on his size and heft, and converts at a high level. He is not much of a passer, but that was not his role on a poor Buckeyes team. That doesn't concern me too much. Sensabaugh will likely have to u- lose a little bit of weight of that 235 that he carries – to be to play much in the NBA and be a little quicker, but his undeni- he's got an undeniable knack for scoring and impressive shooting splits, which makes him an interesting prospect with sneaky upside. Should he lose weight, stay healthy, and I think losing weight and staying healthy uh, would help him gain explosiveness, making him a really promising player to take at twenty eight, considering the baseline of just having an NBA skill in shooting and size. What are his strengths? He was an efficient volume scorer as a freshman. Shooting splits were 48, 51, and eighty three. Pretty good. I think I, I think that actually is 48, 41, and 83. 40.5% from three. Miss, I misread my notes. My apologies. That would have been ridiculous. Uh, strong wing with size to play the two or the three. 45% catch-and-shoot shooter. That's better than the likes of all the best catch-and-shoot guys in this draft. Grady Dick, Jordan Hawkins, uh, Jet Howard. Who's the best? Bryce Sensible was. Uh, Dariq Whitehead was up there, too, with 40, 44%. <laughs> Uh, scores in the post with that with alarming efficiency. It, it might be an archaic, outdated way of scoring. I mentioned this a lot about Johnny Davis last year. Mid-range scores don't do it unless you're a star, and, and I don't see Sensabaugh being a star, but it does talk to his ability to score in, in different different ways, and he does have an upside to be a scorer for your team, whether it's a bench unit or as a starter down the road. He scores off the bounce and off the catch, draws contact, and as a result goes to the free throw line a lot. I talked about scores have a knack to get to the line. He's 46% on pull-up jump shots. He's able to do it off the bounce and uh, on the catch, like I said. Solid ball handler, and he fills lanes and transitions. He's got a knack to get into the rim and getting some easy bunnies. Weaknesses. Hardly passed at Ohio State. Like I said, not my biggest fear. Takes a lot of difficult shots. Also part of his role, but maybe something that you can work on. I think Hardy can coach that out of him. Like, I think you, you'll be like, hey, Bryce, take some easy shots. You're a really good shooter. That, that's an easy one. Uh, he's had some knee issues. He missed the end of the year with a dead leg. Uh, I don't know how much that factored into him falling a little bit based on where I had him on my board. Uh, he had a negative assist to turnover ratio, struggled to create space against some bigger defenders that he can't overpower. And he does not have the quickest first step, and he was a mediocre on-ball defender. Wouldn't say terrible, but I wouldn't say good. Uh, he fills out as one of the best shooters in the draft, like I mentioned, and he shoots the ball well. Like that, that's that's pretty impressive if you think about it. The Jazz got three really good shooters that were freshmen that scored over 15 points a game. I would say that's that's a win, especially if you got one at 28 that 
does have upside. At 16, the Jazz have one that they think can play point guard. The Jazz liked Keontae George. Like Mark Stein's report said, you know, if they take Bilal Koulibaly at nine, they're likely going to trade up and take Keontae George at 12. Well, they didn't have to trade up, and they still got him. And they they still they got a guy that is probably a higher floor. May not have the same ceiling as Bilal Koulibaly in Hendricks, but they, they got a guy with a higher floor, better shooter, fits in more instantaneously and, and projects to have a role for a long time. Uh, what, what did Danny Ainge promise guys? He said he wanted to get bigger. Jazz got bigger. All these guys have plus positional size and they wanted to add shooting. Well, 39% from Hendricks, 41% from, uh, from sensible and Keontae George shot 35%, but I I'm telling you, he shot the cover of the ball at the combine. He also, Watch him. Watch those global games where he he played on a depleted Baylor team and tore up the U twenty three Italy and Canada teams, which were not devoid of talent whatsoever. Uh, in sum, the Jazz had three freshmen who scored over fifteen points a game, have traits that fit in the NBA. All of them are bigger than the, their typical position. Like Hendricks is going to play the four; he's big. He can play the three as well. Big, that almost gets two blocks a game. Keontae George, if he's playing the point guard, is six four, two hundred pounds. Like that that's similar to Jamal Murray. Like that that is the comparison. That's the high end comparison. There there's probably a lower end for him as well, but the, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for him to follow the footsteps of Murray. I don't know if he'll be as good. Jamal Murray's really, really good, but he's got a capacity to score like that and impact winning like Jamal Murray did as a bat uh, as a Robin to a MVP caliber Batman. Uh Bryce Sensible. What what's there to like about him? One of the best shooters in the draft knows how to score, has the capacity to do it on the dribble, off the catch. If he loses some weight, he could get to spots really, really well and still be a really good shooter. I think that could be a bench score, someone who starts down the road and adds value to the team. I think the Jazz came away with three good players. The Jazz added positional size, excellent shooting, and they added scoring and positional size at positions they needed it at. Like, if Keontae George is a point guard – they, they got a point guard on their roster. If he's not, they still have Chris Dunn to take the reins. They still got the capacity for uh, THT to get better. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen in free agency. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a bit next week. But the Jazz got better at positions they needed to get better at. They added shooting at multiple positions. And they added youth. It wasn't like they're taking older players that had these, these stats that almost appears pedestrian, like there's devoid of potential. The Jazz have potential positional size and excellent shooting at all three of them. I think the Jazz came out with a win. Like, I I will say I was, like, confused as to what was happening initially. And then at 16, I was like, man, Cam Whitmore's on the board. Cam Whitmore's on the board. So it may have marred my my perspective of what happened for the Jazz, what truly transpired. But the Jazz came away with guys that I thought were better than where they were picked and fit what the Jazz need, fit what the NBA is dictating is important right now, size, shooting, versatility, and all of them project to have a role sooner rather than later. I can't wait to see him at Summer League. I'll, I'll be there at the the Jazz Summer League. Like, you, you'll, you could see some stars. I don't know if Wembenyama plays, but the Spurs are supposed to be there. That could be pretty awesome. Uh, in sum, the Jazz added positional size, excellent shooting, scoring and positional at positional needs who are young. That, despite going in a different direction than what I initially thought would happen, which, which confused me a little bit, but they still went with a wing and then a guard. Like that's what I thought was the best possible outcome. 
I'd probably give this draft a, a B plus, maybe an A minus. I'm, I'm a big fan of this draft the more I've thought about it. And I took some time before recording this. It's about midnight right now. And uh, the, dra- the first round of the draft where the Jazz were picking ended about nine o'clock. So I've taken some time, taken some notes, thought about it deeply. I like it. Thank you to the everydayers for tuning in to post uh, to a post-draft edition of Locked on Jazz, a reaction show. And come back next week for more breakdowns of these players. I'll rewatch some film. I've watched all of them play numerous times uh, as a college basketball fanatic that I am. And I'll watch some more film, talk about what they do well in certain games against players that are uh, of similar levels. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to specifically hunt out Jarris Walker versus uh, UCF, where, where you can see Taylor Hendricks, the newest jazz man, uh, against a guy in Jairus Walker who went one pick before him. Against uh, Keontae George, I'll find him playing some NBA guards. He played against Nick Smith Jr. Uh, I'll, I'll find him uh, playing against Anthony Black. See how Anthony Black did defending him as, as someone who went number six. Uh, Bryce Sensible played tons of guards in the Big Ten. I'll, I'll find all these and, and watch it, see how they compare, and break it down. And I'll find guests to tell you what they think of the draft. Like Andy Larson said, he told me after the show, he's like, I'll be back next week. We can talk about the Jazz. They got the guy he wanted. I'm sure he's going to have rave reviews. Check out all their stuff and come back next week to Locked On Jazz. And with your next listen, I know this is your first listen. I appreciate it all the time. But for your next listen, tune into Locked On NBA Big Board. See what Rafael Barlow and Richard Stamen say from the draft. They're there right now, and they probably had an awesome time. Let's see what they say. Well, until then, have a nice weekend. And as always, go Jazz.